0: This is episode number one with Grammy award-winning producer and engineer, Matt Still. Welcome to Fader Jocks. My name is Brian Stevens, freelance musician and recording studio professional. And each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you grow and develop as an audio engineer, music producer, or recording musician. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Now let's push up those faders. This episode is brought to you by Waves Audio. Now I've used Waves Audio plugins almost every day for more than a decade now. And they're integral to the work that I do and I don't think that I could do the kind of work that I do at the level of excellence that I strive for without Waves plugins. I'm a long time user of the Mercury Bundle, the SSL Bundle, the Abbey Road Bundle, and they're always adding lots of cool new plugins. Now if you'll go to FaderJocks.com Waves, you can check out their October specials. Specials like their True Verb. It's a reverb I use on almost every single mix that I do. Regularly, it's 99 bucks, But if you hit our special link, you'll get it for $39. Or the VEQ4, just think Vintage Neve. Regularly, it's $149. You can get it on sale during October through our link for $39. Or, if you're looking for a really big deal, they've got the Chris Lord Algae Signature Series of Plugins. Normally, that whole bundle is dollars but this month, if you hit FaderJocks.com slash Waves, you can get it for $99. I'm so happy to have Waves as our premier sponsor for the Fader Jocks podcast, so go to our link, FaderJocks.com slash Waves, and get in on the action today. Waves Audio, it's what the pros use. guys, welcome to episode number one of Fader Jocks. This podcast has been a year in the making. It's taken that long for me to to get the courage to get in front of this microphone and talk to you. Now, really, it's it's taken a, a while to really decide what I wanted to do with a podcast. Some of you guys are listening, probably listen to my podcast back in somewhere between 2005 and 2008, uh my podcast I had called the Music Pro Show. Well, this is sort of Music Pro Show Phase Two, Part Two, uh, the the next chapter in podcasting for me. And today I've got an amazing, amazing guest for you. And for me, this first episode is really about the idea of of iteration in my business. It's always about the finished product. You're always trying to put your best product out in front of the public. You want the first thing that they see to be the absolute best you can do. And not that this isn't the absolute best that I can do. But for me, the perfectionist producer engineer guy that I am, I would probably sit and fuss over the music and the sound of the voice and how many times I said, um, and all these different things, but I'm just going to jump in the water and hopefully along with getting some great tips some great tricks some things to inspire you you'll also go on this journey with me as i i really work towards being better at presenting this stuff to you so iteration. Over the next few episodes, you're going to see all kinds of things change. Hopefully, this preamble will get shorter. <laughs> and uh but you'll you'll hear music changing, you'll hear um interstitial things, you'll hear all kinds of uh things as I'm experimenting with the format to really find the voice for this podcast. But but really, the voice for this podcast is inside its guests. And the guest that I've got for you today, is a three-time Grammy-nominated and now Grammy Award-winning engineer-producer Matt Still. Matt has worked with everybody from Elton John to OutKast to Lady Gaga, Jewel, B.B. King, Third Day, uh, Arrested Development, TLC. I could just sit here for hours and rattle off all the folks that Matt has worked with. Uh, he won a Grammy for Album of the Year for his work on Outcast's speaker box, The Love Below. And Based on the sales of that record, I'm pretty sure you've got a copy of it in your collection. And more recently, he just got back from working at Abbey Road Studios with Elton John on a brand new recording project. So I'm so excited for you to hear this interview. Matt and I have been friends for a very, very long time. This is a little bit of a different mode for us to sit down and talk in this way. And I got to tell you, I learned a whole bunch. So instead of me continuing to talk and talk and talk, we're just going to jump into it with my buddy and one of the best engineer producers I've ever known in my entire life, Mr. Matt Still. I thought for a long time about who I would want to interview for the very first podcast. Um uh, I wanted somebody who's a friend. Yeah. That's a lot of it. Yeah. Because there's a certain comfortability that friends have. Uh, The only thing that's going to be weird is I'll probably ask you a few questions that um, I normally wouldn't ask you if we were just having lunch. Okay. So it won't be weird for you. It'll be totally weird for me, but I'll take that. That's fine. Okay. Because we're going to learn some stuff today. Because Matt still is here today. And Matt, like I said, he's, he's a buddy of mine, but he's an amazing producer, engineer, and not enough people know that you're a great keyboard player too. I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. (laughs) I'm going to put that in the universe, so hopefully it will come back to you and more people will ask you to play. Yeah, But I'm talking way too much. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you and really tell us currently, how do you make money doing what you do?
1: Well, like you said, I'm a producer and engineer. So, uh, and I also am a mixer, so it could, it could be one of those three or all of the, all of the above, depending upon the project. Some projects I'm, I'm, called in just to be an engineer. Some, I'm just a producer. Sometimes I'm just a mixer. Sometimes it's all three. Um, so yeah. And I work on various music projects. I work on, uh, a lot of post audio. That's like, you know, TV shows, films, commercials, commercials for TV or radio, Um, you know, sound design for, you know, some, uh, there's a, there's a client that I have that has some shows on Discovery ID, and sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll go in and do sound design for those shows. So anything and everything to do with audio, uh, I kind of have my hands in. So, uh, it's a little bit, a little bit of everything for, for audio.
0: Do you get the common misconception being, the reason I asked that question, the common misconception being people think that because... Your title card is Producer and engineer for Elton John do people think that you're set for life
1: oh yes, yes, they think that i'm rolling in the dough, and you know i Elton pays well um but he's rich yeah. but i'm not you know and I, I get paid well for what i do i don't complain about uh about about that but uh yeah it's it's not this is not a, a the best way to become rich, being a recording engineer. You know, you got to have a passion for it. You got to love what you do. Because you're in the studio, you know, it could be, you know, 16 hours a day. You were uh,
0: telling me at lunch that you were up till like 5 a.m. Yeah, morning.
1: I was up till 5 a.m. working on finishing up a song that we were working on the yesterday in the studio because I had to get it out. I had to get all the files out to the to the producer. I was I was called in to to produce the vocals for this track that was being done for a TV show. Right. I didn't produce the whole song. I just kind of produced a small little segment of it, just the vocals, and so I I had to get all those ready and and zipped up and 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 tuned and, and all the things that we don't like to talk about that we actually have to do to vocals. But, um, you know, I had to get all that stuff ready and get out to the guy in, in L.A. so he could finish, you know, producing and mixing the tracks. So, you know, you put in long hours. And to work in this industry, you've got to really love what you do. You've got to have a passion for it. And it's, it, it can't be a job for you. It's got to be a passion and, you know, a friend of mine was like, Man, you're you're lucky to to do what you do. And I'm like, Well, yeah, I, I yes I am. Yeah. But I'm lucky because it's it's I'm I'm you know, not only am I good at it, I love doing it. So like my wife sometimes will come and hang out in the studio, like especially if I'm working with someone like Elton or another mm-hmm. big name artist, and she's come to the studio before and she'll sit around for thirty minutes and then she starts yawning and she's like this is the most boring thing I've ever seen in my life. It's
0: like watching grass grow.
1: It is. It is. But to me, it's, it's thoroughly exciting because I'm in the moment and I'm in there with the artist. And to an outsider, it's, it seems kind of boring in the studio. Right. But uh, I love it and I thrive on it. I love the process of making records. So being in the studio all day long is where I want to be. So Cool. How did you learn to do the stuff that you're doing? Did you go to school for this or well I I did, but you know, let's back up a little bit before school because I've been in music basically my whole life. Sure. I started playing piano at the age of four. I started studying classical piano. And growing up, I would be in bands and just garage bands, and you know, we were awful. But, you know, whenever we would go in and record a demo, the songs never sounded the way I wanted them to sound. They didn't sound coming out of the speakers, didn't match what I heard in my head. Yeah. So I didn't know anything about engineering. I didn't know about, you know, there's this guy sitting behind the console turning knobs and, you know, adding effects and all sort of stuff. And I didn't know anything about that. But I said, okay, I need to learn how to do that so that I can make it sound the way I want it to sound. Mm-hmm. So I started going to Georgia State University. They had a commercial music and recording program. And this was back in the mid to late 80s when, uh, you know, those programs were still kind of new to the scene. Right. And uh, when I was there, I actually started uh, interning at a recording studio called Soundscape. Okay. And that was one of the the top studios in Atlanta. Uh, they used to do a lot of uh, Southern rock, a lot of 38 special records. They did some Black Crows records. They did some R.E.M. records. And you are working analog completely? It, oh, it was all point? analog. Yeah, it, uh, Pro Tools was not even... It was sound tools back then. It was just... At first, I remember that when it came out of sound tools, it was just a two-track recorder and editor, and it was cool, and you could kind of see, wow, this is an interesting direction for audio to go, yeah. but it was not a practical um, tool for the studio. Yeah. It was more of a, a, a toy for your computer. Right. And through the years, it, it, it grew to become what it is today, but it was that was a long process. Sure. But so I started learning engineering on analog consoles uh analog reel-to-reel tape two-inch tape and uh i I was an intern at soundscape and just kind of learned hands-on there in the studio and i would bring my band in at night and make some awful recordings but i learned a lot and i made a lot of mistakes and that's kind of how you learn a lot of times and so then I started to actually be an assistant engineer and people started paying me to be on to record on their sessions mm-hmm. and it just kind of grew from there. Cool. So you, since you learn on analog equipment, pro tools wasn't really a
0: thing. Mm-hmm. That tells me that there had to be a point in time when you decided to continue learning beyond school, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So what do you how did you get into Pro Tools? But more importantly, like, how do you learn now?
1: Well, you know, I just I try to stay aware of all the current technology and the new technology that comes out, um, and I would I would try to stay well versed on multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, Pro Tools is my primary DAW of choice, sure, um, but I also have Logic. I also have Cubase, which I got after I saw it. I was like, yeah, I should, I should, I should at least know this. Yeah, you know, and and I'm I'm I want to get uh, up to speed on live. Yeah, because, I just started getting
0: into that. It's yeah. really hip.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it seems like there's, there's there's a different way of thinking for that, and I got to kind of wrap my head oh, around that. So I may be calling time. I may be calling you for some tips on that. I may need you to give me a tutorial, but. Um, yeah, I you know I I try to stay current on the technology because you know if you don't stay current then you'll get left behind. Right. And I've seen that happen to several engineers mm-hmm. who were so resistant to the digital domain right uh that they were like no 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 I'm I'm just staying analog forever. And it's like well okay but pretty soon nobody's going to be calling you the rest and of us are
0: going to go swim at this pool while you're there at the lake yeah, by yourself yeah.
1: you can you can sit there and you know wax poetics about the the virtues of analog all day long but you can't tell me that you can't make a great record on pro tools on logic on live on any of this stuff because there are great records put out every day right. so you've got to learn the current technology uh and just stay up to date I'm wondering if there's a piece of technology that will take out the sound of my garage door going up and down. <laughs> right, in a second. The uh, that's called a girlfriend that will keep your son out of the house.
0: I, if anybody, if anybody has a daughter that's around 19 or 20 years old, uh, I could use some help. I actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Man, wow. So, yeah. Thanks for coming to the room above my garage and yeah. answering a bunch of questions. That's okay. <laughs> so, do you There's a filter for that. So. <laughs> let's hope so. Yeah. I think I may know a couple of at least one company that has a plug-in I might can use for that. Yeah. And if, if this were, if we were doing the video portion, this is where we'd put the big waves logo up and they'd be real happy that I put that up. So, anyway, yes. so as far as learning, do you use any kind of online, do you use online videos or are there books that, uh, like, specifically like teaching books that you've gone through or, or anything? Or do you use uh, any online resources for learning at all?
1: Well, I wouldn't say that I look through books. I mean, because I, for my whole life, I'm, Kind of a hands-on learner, sure. And I'll just dive into something, mm-hmm. and but as I get older, I find it more and more necessary to actually read the manual sometimes. Yeah. You know, so there 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 are books available, and it comes with the package that you buy your product with, and it's yeah. called a manual, and those things can help you a lot. Um, but if I find myself, I get if I get stuck, you know, within a certain application or trying to do a certain recording technique or whatever. I just pull up YouTube, just do a YouTube search and there's so much information out there mm-hmm. there's it seems like there's a video for everything cool anything and everything you know uh, even outside of my uh, uh outside of audio and i I feel kind of proud about this I have fixed my washing machine twice You're my, my, my wife has wanted to me to get buy her a new washing machine, but twice I have fixed it thanks to youtube Wow, one was only a two dollar and fifty cent Uh, piece to change out. Yeah. And she was ready for me to buy a whole new washing machine. And I I fixed it for (laughs) $2.50.
0: You ruined her excuse for a new appliance.
1: Yeah. Thank you, YouTube. So there, I mean, you know, and and I'm kind of joking about that, but it's, you know, there's, there's so much information out there. Sure. And, you know, if you come across a problem, chances are you're not the first person to come across right. that problem or you don't quite get your head around a certain, you know, aspect of, of any given software or piece of gear. Right. Just go online and, you know, type in what you're trying to do and mm-hmm. you'll get a whole list of YouTube videos, of articles, of white pages, of everything that, that kind of gives you a little bit of instruction of, of how to do what it is you're trying to do. Yeah. So so that that's kind of... Where I look to gain instruction, you know, and I look at guys like, uh, you know, I love Dave Pensado's. Oh yeah, uh, channel, you know, Pensado's place. I mean, he, he he is such a wealth of information. Yeah, and you know, and and I, you know, when people talk to me about how, what I do, I kind of try to take his same approach. Where I'm an open book. I don't. I have no secrets about how I process stuff about mm-hmm. my my whole way of approaching, uh, recording or mixing. Why is that? Why are you, why do you not mind giving away the, the secrets? And if you're
0: looking on video, I'm going to use my air quotes. Hang on. Let me look at that monitor. Secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mind giving away the
1: secrets. Why? Well, because I don't think there are any things. I don't think there are secrets in, in what we do. Um, because it's, you, you have to learn the process and you're going to hear things differently than me. Mm-hmm. I'm the only person with my ears. Uh, you're going to, I can show you exactly the way I do something, but when you approach it, you're going to take a different approach to it. You're, you're going to hear it differently. You're going to mm-hmm. do something different. It's like, there's a, a friend of ours who's a guitarist in town who I, when I recorded his guitar before, I remember he told me, he goes, Matt, whenever you record, record my guitar, that's, it's the best sounding my guitar is ever. Mm-hmm. And he goes, what do you, tell me everything you're doing. So I told him I was okay, this is the mic I'm using, this is the mic pre, this is the compressor. And I'm going straight into Pro Tools. And when I get into Pro Tools, this is what I've done in this case. Mm-hmm. You know, he went out, he bought the mic, he bought the mic pre, he bought the compressor. He made sure he had all the plugins that I was using. And then he calls me and goes, I can't get it to sound like you made it sound. <laughs> I'm like, Well, you know, remember I was in there tweaking your amp and I was kind of going back and forth and I was yeah. turning the knobs, I was changing the compressor. It was, it was kind of it, You know, the mic placement, I'm, you know, was fiddling around with that. I said it was really just kind of my ears of what I heard needed to happen. So right. you're not going to be able to hear things the way I hear them. You have to hear them your own way and you have to find the process that works for you. Now, maybe the way that I approach things don't, doesn't work for you. Right. Um, find something that does, you know. Uh, I have found things that work for me and I'm willing to show that to anybody. That doesn't mean it's going to work for them. So, um, yeah, no one's going to hear it with my ears. So I'm not worried about them being able to steal any secrets because I, I have none. So
0: do you feel that that really is like your secret superpower? Like, the individual of who Matt still is, how you hear things, how you process them in your mind. Is that your superpower? You think that well that I, I think that's people,
1: I, makes well, people call you? I, I think that's the power to any professional, to any artist. Mm-hmm. It's it's you. Mm-hmm. People who try to cling on to analog tape, who try to say, Oh, we gotta use, you know, this mic or this mic pre or this whatever. Yeah. You're telling me that the secret's in uh, uh, an inanimate object. you tell me the secrets in the microphone. you tell me the secret's in the tape, so that means the secret is not in you. so there's nothing special about you. there's something special about the gear, and that the gear makes the difference. so if the, ge- if the gear really made the difference, then everything recorded on analog would become a hit right But we know that's not the case right So the analog is not the secret. What goes on to it is mm. the artistry, the imagination, yep. the creativity. Yep. That's the secret and that's all up here and in here and it's not in the gear and it's not in you know you know what what microphone I use what mic pre it's not in any of that it's just I listen and I adjust to the sound of the song I I I don't try I try not to take a template approach mm-hmm. You know, I try to approach each song differently and just uh, approach it with fresh ears, as fresh as I can. I mm-hmm. mean, um, you know, there are certain things that I, you know, tend to fall back on and may do over and over again. Yeah. Uh, there may be certain microphones that I tend to fall back on for for vocals or for drums or for guitars. Uh, but I do mix things up. And if I'm in the middle of working on a song and I'm like, I need something different, I will not hesitate to to totally change my approach on something.
0: Because this is an audio engineering podcast and yeah. because of what you just said, there are going to be people that are going to scream into their media player if I don't ask you the question that I'm about to ask you. So okay. After you gave me that really nice explanation, I'm going to go ahead and ask a very obvious question. I just want to couch that before I do it. Okay. So is there a golden channel that you have like a, an alignment of things that you like to go to or or maybe even just an individual piece of gear when you're doing a session that you go you know what i really need this most of the time
1: i wouldn't say that there's necessarily a golden channel um let's just let's just take elton's vocals for instance Mm -hmm. um i've been working with him for 23 years now Mm -hmm. and what I have found, I've tried a lot of different microphones, a lot of different mic pre's, a lot of different compressors, but what I have found that works, to, that I like currently, and it, it it it's kind of like a flavor of the month thing, but yeah. it's it's a nice flavor and it's been around for a while. For his vocal, I'll use a Telefunken 251, yep. uh, a Millennium Mic Pre, yep. and a Summit TLA-100 compressor. Oh, wow. And I love that combination on his voice, and it just sounds amazing. Um but i'll change it up sometimes mm. you know even depend if we're working on a song that i kind of want a different tone to i'll say let just give me a second let's- let me change this out and i'll put you know an m49 on them or a mm. u47 sometimes a u87 mm. it 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 depends on the song and does, and- does he
0: notice when you make the change do you tell him when you make the change or you just put it right there in front of him and run with it
1: well, I, I may tell him to give me a second that I'm, I'm going to make a change, mm-hmm. and he's he's cool with that. So um, I would think that most artists would be. You know, you, you definitely don't want to drag down the session by sitting there and getting too into you know so, so kind of far off the path that you're you're ruining the artist's creativity because your your number one job as a producer is to keep the creativity flowing. Sure, and keep the artist at their peak performance when they're you know when they're in that zone you you got to capture the magic when it's there because it could be gone in a second right now elton's kind of a different beast because he is i mean you know I, I the word genius gets thrown around a lot but he truly is and it's it's amazing to watch him work and uh you know watching him in the studio is just a treat so i'm not too worried about you know ruining his flow. Mm-hmm. I've worked with him enough to kind of understand, okay, when do I we need to just we need to get it on tape? Okay, let's just let's just get rolling or I know okay, we can we have a few minutes here. Let's right. let's let's find a different sound. Let's let's find something new here.
0: You know where your slack is. Yes.
1: Yes. So um yeah, there there's no real golden channel. It 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 all comes down to your ears because all, you know, you know this, mics have different sounds. Yep. Um, mic pre's all have different sounds. You know, a millennium mic pre sounds different from an API, sounds different from a 1073, sounds different from an Avalon. Mm-hmm. They are Those are all fantastic sounding mic pre's, but they all sound different. Yeah. You know, and it's not one's better than the other. It's just different. And not to get back to the analog versus digital, analog sounds wonderful. I love analog. Yeah. I love tape. But it's not better than digital. It's just different. It's a different sound. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I don't. I try not to get too attached to. I gotta have this piece of gear, or I can't record. Right. I can't get my sound. Well, then you're saying that the, the magic's in the, piece of gear, and not in you. Yeah.
0: I can't think of a better answer. That's a great answer. <laughs> now here's two tin cans and some string. Give yeah. me a good sign.
1: <laughs> well, there are certain minimums with which we need to uh, adhere to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha.
0: you. <laughs> so now all of the geeky techie people that really wanna mm-hmm. they'll be somewhat appeased. Yeah. guys, we're going to take a short break, a slight pause for the cause while I tell you about a couple of the podcast sponsors. You know, as good as business has been for me, as successful as I've been in my own music and audio related business, um, business can be tedious. Business, at least the office part of it, It's not something I really enjoy. I don't enjoy sitting and invoicing and, and doing all the kind of stuff that you have to do. But that's why there's FreshBooks. FreshBooks is a simple and intuitive system that lets you spend less time on paperwork. And the way it looks, you'll wow your clients with how professional all your documentation looks. You can automate time-consuming tasks like organizing expenses, tracking your time, or, or following up with clients after you've billed them using just a few clicks. And because everything's organized in the cloud, you can access your FreshBooks from anywhere, your desktop, your phone, or your tablet. It doesn't matter where you are. You can do the business of your business. And if you'll go to faderjocks.com slash FreshBooks right now, you can try it for 30 days. Invoicing, expenses, time tracking, even take payments online through FreshBooks. That's faderjocks.com slash FreshBooks. Try it for 30 days. I've been using it for years, and now it's time for you to use what all the cool kids are using, FreshBooks. FreshBooks. Guys, anybody that knows me well knows that I'm always looking to increase my productivity and level up on the abilities that I have to do the work that I do every day. And there's one thing that I started using a couple of years ago that has really helped me put my brain in a completely different gear, and that's Alpha Brain from Onnit. Now, if you haven't already heard of nootropics, nootropics are dietary supplements that help support increased brain function, including memory, focus, and processing speed. So whether it's a work project, a social gathering, or some very athletic musical performance that you need to achieve, taking alpha brain is like adding an extra gear for your brain. It's a way to level up naturally. So go to faderjocks.com slash brain today and try Alpha Brain for 30 days. I've been taking it every day for the past few years, and I've seen a huge difference in my mental capacity to process and remember and be faster about thinking. Alpha Brain is all natural. It's herbal. There are no harsh or dangerous chemicals. So you don't have to worry about frying anything. You're not getting any weird, buzzy highs. They also have a money back guarantee. They call it their Keep It Guarantee. And this is how much they are confident about their product. If you try it and you don't like it, you just send them an email. They'll give you 100% of your money back and you can keep. The rest of that month. You don't even have to send it back. That's how confident they are. And I'm so confident, I decided I wanted them as one of the sponsors for our podcast. I really do think that Alpha Brain can be that extra little thing that you need to level up in your life and in your career. So that's Alpha Brain. Go to faderjocks.com slash brain. Try it for 30 days. Alpha Brain from onit.com. It's like getting a sixth gear for the sports car that is your brain. So, now that we've got through all the techie kind of stuff and the background stuff, I want to get into like the just a totally different kind of mode. Mm-hmm. I really do believe that successful people are not just successful because they're good at what they do, but they probably have some kind of systems in place or some kind of um rituals do do you have a morning ritual something that you do that gets you kick-started or
1: gets you aligned i am not a morning person um i take a long time to get out of bed i'm a night owl like most other people who are in the music industry yeah um I get kind of an adrenaline kick between midnight and 1 a.m.
0: Mm.
1: It's, it's I, I kind of like kicking into overdrive. And I feel like that's when, I, when I'm working. I feel like that's when my most, I'm at my most creative. is like between midnight and 2 a.m. It's like something pops on. Yeah. And I can be up all night working. Uh, but if I try trying to get up early in the morning, that's tough for me. I think that's tough for most musicians. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's not our favorite time of day. Not at all. Yeah. Although, having said that, um, I've recently tried to, as you have been doing, mm-hmm. trying to get healthier. Yeah. You know? And so I've started doing yoga. And the only time that I can make it is in the mornings because I'm working in the evenings and working all these other times. So right. it's like, okay, now I got to get up and go do yoga. But, you know, like I did you know, two and a half hours of it this morning. And, you know, you, I always feel great afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that uh, that that kind of helps me get going now. Right. You know, trying to get the physical and mental in balance somewhat. And uh, too often, as an engineer, you'll... It's kind of like you'll go down to your cave, and and the rest of the world gets shut off, and you can be down there just working on a project for weeks on end, oh, yeah. and you don't, you just, you just kind of lose track of time. You forget what day it is. It's like I, there, there are times when I don't even know what day it is. I mean, I'm thinking it's Tuesday, and it, no, it's Friday. Oh, really? Is this August? No, it's July. You know, I, you know, I don't even know sometimes right. because you just kind of get in that world and you get lost. Yep and it's easy to detach especially when you're like the guy in his own cave and and you're you're the engineer and you're just sitting there tinkering and people send you stuff to mix and and you don't need anybody else in the world to be there yep. and you just kind of get in your zone and you go yeah uh it, and it's easy to lose balance when you when you have that type of a career and that type of a passion that takes you to that type of a schedule so yeah. uh you have to actively Try to find balance between you know mind and body, and with me, I've started doing yoga, and I've been at it for almost six months now. And you dropped a it. ton of weight. Something's working about I'm, it. I'm down forty nine pounds now. Nice, forty nine.
0: Before you before you get done, you'll almost lose a whole person. I think
1: almost, <laughs> almost
0: a small fifth grader. Yes, <laughs> I'll lose <Yeah>. a child. <laughs> That's cool. So, so having that thing, and you do that. You do your yoga every morning, or most mornings, or most mornings. I mean, okay. the,
1: the only time I don't do it in the morning is if I have an early session that right. I have to go to. Like if I have a nine a.m. session somewhere, I may not be able to get to yoga. Right. But I, I do it every day. Wow,
0: that's a heck of a commitment. Yeah, it really is. But I guess it gives you gives you a target in the mornings. It gives you a reason to get up. Yeah. That's that's probably the most difficult for thing for me sometimes i've tried to make practicing my my thing Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna go practice for 90 minutes to two hours and most days i'm but enough about me
1: no (laughs) well no but i mean you know you you've dropped a lot of weight too so yeah you know uh you know i'm sure there there are things that, that you do that you kind of had to bring into your routine and oh yeah and you know sometimes you don't necessarily want to go do those things, but you know that you have to and you can't slack off and you have to have commitment to it. Right. Uh so, you know, you, you've done you've done a very similar thing that I have. You've you haven't done yoga, but you've done something else. And I'm not right. saying that everyone should do yoga. You just do whatever works for you. Sure. Just, just get out and sweat and move. Yeah. You know, try to get try to be healthy. Yeah. As I am sitting here sipping on my Coke, (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's uh, that's water and a a Coke. Yeah, that's water. Water and a Coke cup. Yeah, that's what I tell people. Do you think that that's really kind of what separates artists that go on to do something? with their skills and, and I think of you as an artist I mean mm-hmm. you're not you're not just a utility you're not the Swiss army knife that people can just pull out mm-hmm. and do a job with and then put away you're an artist too do you think that that ability to commit and execute and be consistent has a lot to do with the line between artists that get stuff done and artists that just languish and never accomplish I mean, how does that figure?
1: You know, it's hard to say what why some people succeed and why some people don't. Um, it's it's kind of a easy phrase for me to say whenever people come to me and you know want you know want me to help them make it or whatever. And and one of my uh, one of my comebacks is always you know it takes more than talent to become successful. Yeah. It takes far more than talent. So just because you're a good guitarist, just because you're a good singer, just because you're a good drummer. That's only part of the battle right there, right you know this is a business, and you have to you have to network, you have to meet people, you have to get yourself out there. you have to let people know that you're available now as an artist, um you know why does one band make it or one artist make it, and another one doesn't you know sometimes it it does have to do with luck, you know someone's music just hits yeah there have been times where you know, I've worked on stuff that I thought was a sure hit mm-hmm. and it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. And then there are some artists that I've worked with that I'm like, wow, I can't believe I'm getting paid to work on this crap. This is, this is, this is going nowhere. Who green lighted this crap? Two months later, number one. And you've had a few of the and <laughs> Yeah. And so, and so what that taught me is what the hell do I know? Yeah. I don't, I I don't, you know, I can't judge someone else's art as to, uh, you know, whether or not it's going to be a hit or not. Um, You you can just try to make the best, do your best job with what's in front of you. Mm -hmm. Um, You, you you try to stay true to the artist's vision Mm -hmm. and you try to service them as best you can. Right. And... Don't come in with any preconceived judgments of whether or not their music is good or bad, because you know it, they like it. Chances are somebody else is going to like it too. Yeah. Now, why does it become a hit? That's hard to say. And a lot of times, you know, why does one artist have longevity versus another one? You, you look at Elton. I mean, he's been he's been going for over fifty years now in the industry. Mm-hmm and you know he's been clean and sober since 92 or 91 i believe it is but before that he was he was raising some hell he was yeah. a partier so it wasn't like he was hyper focused on the career, he was hyper-focused on being Elton John and having fun <laughs> yeah, and going out and rocking the house.
0: His to-do list said one thing, go be Elton John.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I don't know that I would have an answer in terms of, you know, do you have to have, you know, a ritual or a balance or, you know, why does one artist make it versus the next? You know, what's, what's the magic? You know, I, I think it all comes down to, your own personal commitment. Are you going to be committed to pursuing this career? Because it's a, in the music industry. Whether you are an artist or a producer or an engineer or, or a musician in a band, you know, or or a musician as a to, to tour as the support of some you know some other artists mm-hmm. That's a that's a tough life to choose. It's highly competitive, and there are far more people who don't have success in the industry than do so i do consider myself fortunate however i think that like when i started out i had a vision for my future Mm -hmm. and it is not what it is now really oh yeah i'm not i'm not where i didn't get into this saying okay i want to produce records for other people Kind of like when I when I alluded to being in bands and I wanted my music to sound the way I wanted it to hear it, so I wanted to learn to be an engineer. I wanted to be the artist. I wanted to be the guy on stage. I wanted to be the rock star. I wanted to wear tight pants on stage. Have big hair. Spotlight my tight pants. Yes, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and that wasn't in the cards for me. You know, I mean, I played in bands and I've I've played some shows in front of some some big crowds before, not you know, Elton big or Metallica big, but big for me. Sure. You know, more than 50 people. So (laughs) that kind of, you know. Um, But, uh, you know, I, when I started to work in the studio, I just, I was willing to work on anything that walked through that door. Mm. I didn't care what kind of music it was because I knew that I would gain experience and knowledge. Right. And... I didn't close my, I didn't put blinders on like, okay, I'm learning this so that I can do my own music. And yeah, these other people want me to do this, kind, but that's not what I'm into. I don't want to do this other music. I don't want to work on somebody else's stuff. I work on my stuff. Right. Because I've got to get my music out because I've got to be the artist. Opportunities came my way where it's like, when I was first being as an assistant engineer, my very first week uh, as an assistant engineer, I worked on the first Arrested Development record. And the first TLC record. Wow. So that was a pretty big first week as an assistant engineer.
0: Yeah, It's like going to Vegas and, and winning the first five
1: hands. <laughs> but you don't know you won, won the first five hands until a year later. Right. That's the thing. Wow. Because, you know, Arrested Development, this was their first record. Nobody knew who they were. Right. They were just a bunch of kids. Yeah. TLC, it's their first record. Nobody knew who they were. They were just three girls making some noise. Yeah. So it was the fact that I was willing to work on anything. Mm-hmm. Uh just to, just to be in the room. Yeah. Just to gain some knowledge, just to be around the people who were making it. Yeah. Kind of put me on a path to where I am today. Because that led to becoming the chief engineer of that studio and that led to Elton come in and then Elton came in the studio and that led to me working with him. And then that led to me still working with him 23 three years later. Yeah. So the fact that I didn't have blinders on, um, I think is what allowed me to be successful and get to where I am now. Um, it's great to have dreams and goals, but don't hyper-focus on those dreams and don't be so close-minded that, that's the only thing, that's the only reality that, that can become, that, that's the only dream that can become reality. Right. You need to have an open mind and other opportunities will come your way, which may shift your focus and may you go, you know what? I think I kind of like going down this way. Yep. And in retrospect, looking at one, I don't think I was ever going to make it as an artist anyways, you know, as the guy on stage, but even if i had found my way into a group that had some success uh, i've i've been out and i've seen what it takes to to live on the road yeah and i don't know that that's that's, that's not me yeah. i'm not cut out for that i like i like my home i like coming home to my own bed every night i love going into the studio i love the controlled environment of the studio yeah. where if something is wrong i can fix it i don't have to just you don't have to keep playing Right. we can stop, we can fix it, yeah we can we can try to make this recording as perfect and pristine as possible, now perfection is impossible, blah blah blah, but we can try to get close to it, yeah, and that's what I love doing. there's always a take too, yeah, there's always multiple takes, but you know, getting to try to kind of i guess reiterate what we were saying is you know i one person's success versus the other. I don't, I I think the people who don't have blinders on see other opportunities that come their way. Right. Like like Elton, for instance, Mm -hmm. you know, he, he had his heyday with all of his album hits, you know, seventies to mid eighties, you know, and then he kind of reinvented himself. Then he did music for the lion King. Yeah. He, He wrote all these songs for an animated kids movie. Yeah. What, you know, who would have who would have thought of that and it became a huge success lion king is still one of the the biggest animated movies ever oh, yeah then he decided to start getting into broadway musicals and he did aida he did then the lion king went to to broadway he did billy elliot mm-hmm. and there's another one in the works and billy elliot broke uh, until Hamilton just broke Billy Elliot's records. But at the time, Billy Elliot broke all these Broadway, all, all these Tony Award records. Right. And that's an Elton project. Yeah. So it's like, he he has reinvented himself. He has not had the blinders on. I've got to be this solo artist. I've got to have just, I've got to be the the, the, the top 10 artist on the radio. Well, no, he's, I mean, as he grew older, he said, okay, well, what, what else can I do with my music? I yeah. love writing music. I love performing, but what else can I do? So he, did animated movies. He did that, was as successful as you can be at it. Oh, yeah. Well, what else can I do? Okay, let me try Broadway musicals. And he was as, as successful as you can be at that. Yeah. So he has kind of reinvented himself at different points in his career because he didn't have the blinders on that he's got to stay within this narrow vision of what Elton John is. Because right. I know that when he first went to Broadway – Some people were saying that he was crazy, that he would never, that none of his musicals would ever be successful, and it it just wouldn't translate to the stage. Well, he proved them all wrong. So, don't be oblivious to opportunities that come your way, because they just simply because they don't match the goals that you have set for yourself.
0: Widen your highway. Yeah. Instead of being on the one lane. Yeah. I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on. I'm gonna keep that one if that's all right. You got it. So. All that being said, what would 18-year-old Matt think about 2006,
1: Matt? He'd think that he's too fat. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a fact.
0: <laughs> you need to do something.
1: Yeah. Wow. He'd say, who is that fat old man? <laughs> I don't know who that fat old dude is, but that ain't me. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> no, I think, you know, um, I think he'd be pretty happy with where I'm at. You know, I because I've always wanted to be in music. Music mm-hmm. is, it's, it's been a constant in my life. You know, like, like I said earlier, I started playing piano at the age of four. So music has always been there. Yeah. And actually growing up, I never really thought about Being something other than a musician or somehow associated with music. Um, I just, it's kind of like I always knew that it would end up there somehow.
0: You didn't need a plan B of any sort.
1: No, I, you know, my mother wanted me to go get a business degree and do the music thing as a, um, you know, as a minor in college, you know, so that I would have a business degree to fall back on. And not that this is advice that I would give anyone else, uh, because I do think college degrees are important, but, you know, I told my mom, I said, if I, if I give myself a safety net, I will fall right into it. If I don't have a safety net, I'll stay up and I'll make my way. So That's a, that's a whole lot of
0: self-awareness, especially yeah. at that age. Yeah. Wow. Cool. I appreciate you coming and talking to me. I really do. Yeah. This, is, this is kind of a different mode for us. Yeah. I want to acknowledge you for being one of those people that I look at who does amazing work, and it doesn't really matter what you are working on. It always it, it's always a cut above, and it's mm-hmm. very inspiring to me. Well, thank you, and, uh, and and I appreciate it. And I, I tell people in conversation a lot of times a lot of the improvements that I've made in my own life in my own studio
1: mm-hmm. are
0: directly from working with you or. Watching what you do, seeing how you are, so I, I want to acknowledge you for that stuff because it, it really it, it has been a huge inspiration for me. Thanks. And uh, us getting to sit and talk like this is cool too because it, it I get a little more a little more knowledge out of it. I did this. <laughs> we got to do this more. This, I'm just going to vacuum all your. So let me ask you one question, okay. one final question that will wrap this whole thing up, and I think it it probably speaks to the the person that's listening to this. Mm -hmm. So let's say tomorrow you wake up Mm -hmm. and all the work that you've done up to this point is completely gone. There's no trace of it. There is no Matt Still reputation anymore. There is no real that people can listen to. You have all of that knowledge and you have the the, uh, benefit of the experience, but all that stuff's gone. And all you got to work with is a MacBook Pro and a thousand bucks.
1: What do you do? Am I the same age that I am now or am am I back to being 18-year-old Matt?
0: I don't know that it matters necessarily, but pick one.
1: Well, I would say it does matter because, you know there are certain aspects of this industry that can be a young man's game or a young woman's game, you know. um, I can't be 50 years old and do
0: the midnight to 7 a.m. shift at a studio. You have to
1: well, (laughs) I think you you have to be able to connect with the artists. Sure, sure. And, you know, a lot of the people that I worked with when I was in my 20s were also in their 20s. And a lot of the people that I would, and they would continue to work with me because there was this relationship built, there was an understanding, there was, there was, we were kind of of like mind. Sure. Whereas kids in their twenties and see, I'm calling them kids now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at the, I'm at the age where I call someone in their twenties, a kid. Yeah. They'll look at me like I'm an old man. And well, what does he know? Right he he doesn't he's not into this music he can't connect to this right. he, he doesn't he doesn't get it yeah so if i had to start over there would be certain opportunities that would be afforded to an 18 year old me versus the current me okay so well
0: let's let's put it there then uh for that 18 year old kid that's listening to this that all they've got is a macbook pro and a thousand bucks how do they Get started doing something. What would you do if you were that eighteen year old? If if it was two thousand sixteen and you were eighteen, what would you do?
1: Well, if I had a MacBook Pro, and I I would definitely, you know, get find a doll that you can work on. Whether it's Pro Tools or Logic or Live or Cubase or whatever program application you want to to learn on, Mm -hmm. because they're all very similar. They accomplish the same thing. It's just learning the keystrokes and what one may refer to something as. Sure, There are a few other differences, but ultimately they're very similar from right. from one another. And start to, start to network and just get to know people. Because part of this business, one of the, the biggest things of this business is relationships. And you can't build a relationship when you're stuck in your bedroom just sitting there tapping out a beat. Right. So... You've got to get out and meet people. You got to let people know what it is that you do and also what it is you want to do. You know, you may be doing X now, but you're really working towards Y. Yeah. You know, and you're trying to take steps to get to that point. Well, let people know where you're trying to go because someone may have an opportunity that you know, you can take advantage of. Right. So, just start learning the craft, learning Learn to be an engineer. Uh, There's a difference between understanding the software and being an engineer. Big difference. Big difference. Um, I can open up a a session that is sent to me, and a lot of times I can tell, a lot of times I say most times, I can tell if the person who tracked it is an engineer or if they're just somebody who figured out the software. Yeah. Just by the way they have things laid out and how they route things. And uh, it's very telling that, this person has never worked on an analog desk. They don't understand signal flow. You know, they don't understand any of this. Stuff. They have
0: a reverb on every single insert in a 50 channel session.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they'll, they'll have the, the drums and they have a deverb on every single track of the drums. Yeah. You know? Um, so, and that's, that's just one of many things, but you know, learn the craft of engineering you know there's there's there is an artistry to it but there's also a craft that can be learned yep you know and you can learn that craft and you can actually make a living knowing just the craft of it uh and then maybe if if you've got the talent you can step into that realm of being an artist mm-hmm. and take your engineering to the next level and really become Hugely, huge, hugely successful, mm. you know, and I, I look at guys like Al Schmidt, you know, Ed Cherney, Oh, yeah. Um, Bruce Swedeen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Tom Dowd, who is unfortunately no longer with us. Um, and, you know, and there there are younger guys who, who are starting to step into that role. I mean, here in Atlanta, you know, Phil Tan mixes number one hits yep. every week. Yep he He's become one of the big mixing mixing engineers, and he's he kind of bridged that he was able to bridge that make that step from craft to artistry mm-hmm. it's It is highly competitive it has become far more competitive now than it was when I was going through school mm-hmm. When I went to school at Georgia State, there was only Georgia state in the state of Georgia that offered any sort of commercial music and music production. Uh, degree right now we not only do we have georgia state's program which has grown by leaps and bounds mm-hmm. you have a, pro- a program at uga you have a program at Kennesaw state you have a program at uh, art institute you have atlanta is it atlanta institute of music game yep. and mm-hmm. you have sae and you've got scad and that's just off the top of my head right now yeah and so now you have all those programs full of people coming out into the market every year So it's a lot more competitive. It's a lot more difficult to become an intern at a studio, which I think is a, is a important step for anybody trying to, to make it is go get in a studio. Yeah. Don't just sit in your bedroom, get in a studio and intern for somebody, you know, even if it's, you know, not a traditional studio, like what you have here, Mm -hmm. you know, you still have real projects that come through here and they could learn just as much working here at your house Mm -hmm. as if they were working at silent sound or Stanconia or, Tree Sound, or any of the other studios that are around Atlanta. Um, So get out and work with people in the studio. Let them know what you do and what you want to do. Don't be afraid to ask for what you want, because if you don't ask for it, you're not going to get it. That's right. So, I mean, that's the little bit of advice that I guess I would give to an 18-year-old me, you know, coming out right now. You know, you've got to network. Because... I know for myself, networking never came very easily. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the kind of guy that, you know, you go to a party, I'll just have a beer and I'll just kind of stand over against the wall and I'm, I'll am i still have a good time. You yeah. know, I don't have to be out and, you know, be the life of the party. That's just, that's not my temperament. Um, But I've had to learn to get out and meet people, let them know what I do, let them know that I'm available, hand them my card. Mix it up a little bit. Give me a call. Yeah. <laughs> so...
0: Yeah. Cool. Well man, thanks. I appreciate you spending this time. And I think the people that are on the other side of this I know I've gotten a lot out of it. Cool. And I know that uh, the people on the other side of these microphones are gonna get a ton out of it. So thanks for being my first guest and thanks for just coming to my house and hanging out in the room above my garage. <laughs> <laughs> uh where can people find out more about you or if they want to contact you or uh, any of that stuff online links and things like that Yeah,
1: they can go to my website at mattstill.net. it's m-a-t-t-s-t-i-l-l dot net cool and i have a link to send me an email there uh you can find me on facebook i'm on there too and twitter and linkedin and all the usual suspects you're easy to find
0: cool well,
1: I haven't I haven't quite figured out Snapchat yet. I'm, 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 I'm maybe too old for that, but I'm working uh, <laughs> on
0: it. I'll let you know to I figure it out. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, and I hope you guys got a ton out of it. Guys, that was Matt Still, and he dropped knowledge bombs like crazy in the past hour. I really appreciate him for being here. I really appreciate you for being here and checking out the new Fader Jocks podcast. We'll have a brand new one next week, and I'm going to leave it as a surprise who the next guest is going to be. If you dug the podcast, please do two things for me. First, share this with your friends. Tell everybody you know that's a recording musician, an engineer, uh, or a music producer let them know about the podcast. Send them the link. Share it on your Facebook, your Twitter, however you'd like to. Also, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Like us on Facebook. And please, by all means, patronize our sponsors. FreshBooks, Waves, and brain by onit.com Please, go by the Fader Jocks website. Click some links. You know what the URLs are. Over the next month, the site is going to begin to be populated with all sorts of great articles, how-tos, videos, things that can help you as a recording musician, audio engineer, or music producer. Not only are we going to give you value through the podcast, we're going to give you value through the blog, through the website. This whole endeavor that is Fader Jocks is all about adding to your life. Helping you to embrace your creativity and do great work. So, now with that in mind, let's go out there and be awesome.